0: Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message.
1: But hey, it's good to be back. Um, If uh, you're wondering why I'm saying it's good to be back, uh, I was on staff here for a little over five years and my wife and I, Jamie's right there. Hey, Jamie, can raise your hand? Yeah. We moved to a church in Dallas um, about three months ago, three and a half months ago now. Yeah, so having the name Dallas, living in Dallas, is like the worst thing ever. But hey, it's been good. Um, Super happy to be here. This this, this is truly my home church. And I don't know um, if there's people joining us for the first time or maybe you're newer. Um, There's something powerful about having a home church and um, if you're kind of kicking the tires on, do I want to make this home, um, just as someone who's maybe from the outside coming in, um, as, as weird as that is to say, um, this is a good, safe place to make home. And so, come on, if you're a Crossing Church member, come on, like, you know that's true. Come on. And a big shout out to Pastor Randy, who's taken some time uh, to rest, him and Pastor Stacy, and I got to follow along in the Totally Free series. And I don't know if anybody teaches the topic of freedom better than Pastor Rainey. And so thank you for your ministry. Thank you for all that you do. Yep. This section's thrilled. This section's curious. And the rest of y'all, I don't know. But uh, yeah, and, in, and if you're wondering this too, pa- Pastor Rainey is my dad. And so um, I know some people are like, man, who's like this overweight Pastor Randy looking guy. Um, uh, oh, oh, man, that's like su- such a mom thing to do. Thank, thank you. I'm skinny in Jesus' name. But um, <laughs> hey, if you're a note taker in the room, I don't have a very cool title. Um, and in fact, I'm pretty bad at those. Um, and so I gave the team a title, but if I'm being honest with you, the title of today's message is James chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. And so um, if you have your Bible, you can pull it out now. If not, it'll be on the screen. And uh, for me, this has truly been the year of the book of James. Um, About four months ago, I started a series with our students here on the book of James. And we were going to do like a 53-week verse-by-verse thing. And then my wife and I, we transitioned to Dallas. And then like a week in, uh, my my now pastor says, you're going to start a series on the book of James. And so I cannot get away from this book. I've read through it a million times. And the more I read it, especially the familiar passages in it, the more I fall in love with it. A few things to note as we read the book of James. um, It's a pretty unusual letter in the sense that it's not technically a letter. It's actually written as a letter essay, which for us, that would be more of a commentary. And so he's giving commentary on how the Christian ought to be behaving under trial and hardship. And he's speaking specifically to the Jewish Christian who's facing trials of many kinds. And specifically, it has to do with political tension, economic tension, and it deals with injustice from cover to cover. And so uh, this, this book is truly a guidebook on how we ought to be behaving and acting in the middle of trial. And I love the book of James because he's not uh, super empathetic. He doesn't lead with that. Um, he's pretty just, hey, like, let's get junk done, and let's not waste a word. And so if you're curious, you can read through the book of James in about 15 minutes. And so I'd encourage you to read it as often as you can. So with all that said, I'm going to pick up in verse 2. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. This is what it says. To the Jewish Christian under trial. It says this. Consider it pure joy. Everybody say joy. Say it like you have it. Joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith is producing perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave. Now, notice the imagery here of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Now, time out. What do waves do? They go up, and they go down. They have high highs, and they have low lows. They're spirit-filled. They're deconstructing. They're in church every single week. Their church hurt. It's just, it's just this moody version of Christianity that's like, I'm kind of in depending on my circumstance, In verse 7, it says, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. If James is not type A, I don't know who is. Well, Father, would you bless this word and bless our time in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I think it's been enough years now uh, to tell this story. Um, It happened my first year. I was on staff here, and I was a brand-new youth pastor. Uh, I had a lot of zeal and zero wisdom, and so I was excited, just had no clue what to do, Uh, and so for the first year we ever went to camp, I thought it'd be a great idea to take about 50 students from the Woodlands, Texas to Birmingham, Alabama, driving. Um, That's like 13 hours without stops, so with that many students, it took like 48 hours. It was was the, the worst thing ever. And so I'm going through the list, and I noticed a name, and by the way, I love this student, and we're going to call him John for today's story. Um, But John was one of my favorites. He was one of those where I'm like, man, I'm glad that you're here, but behave one time, please. So John's on the list, and John's coming to camp, and we're excited, and we get about halfway, which is about Mississippi-ish, and we pull over, and we're at a gas station, and we're stopping, and I look over, and John is smoking a cigarette. And so I'm a new youth pastor. And so I'm kind of like, okay, um, I don't know what to do. And I have like my homeschool kids that are like, that's the devil. And then I have my private school kids who who are like, I want to try. And then it's just like, it's just this big mess. And I don't know what to do. So I'm like, hey, John, like, like, stop. Like, what are you doing? And so I I finally say, hey, John, I'm going to need to call your mom. And he's like, he's like, all right, do it. I was like, you have a lot of confidence with that. And so I, I call his mom, I'm like, hey, you know, John, uh, we were at the gas station, and he was smoking a cigarette, and, and I just wanted to let you know. And she's like, okay, thanks. And I was like, okay, um, is this normal, you know? It's got, I mean, his kid's like 16. And she's like, yeah, we smoke together like every day. I was like, okay. Um, and so it's too far to say, can you come pick him up? But... Yeah, so I'm just stuck, y'all. Like, it was just the worst. And so I'm like, all right, we're we're gonna make the best of it. Kids, stop trying to get cigarettes from John. John, put that away. And like, you're leaning against this gas pump. Like, that's probably not wise. And so throw that away. And so we finally get to camp. We get there, Birmingham, Alabama. My wife's from Alabama. Roll Tide for you. Um, Yeah, like four of y'all are like, okay, they win. Um, But we get there and it's awesome. He has a God encounter and he has this moment and I've heard it said like back in the day and I'm not trying to age some, but there would be moments at the altar where you take like your CDs and your record that the devil gave you, you know, kind of thing and you would throw it away and break it and burn it. Well, he had that same moment with cigarettes and the only caveat was like, please don't burn those in this room because he was the only student, the only student taking smoke breaks during this thing. We're like, oh, stop. Um, All that to say, he has a moment, he has an encounter with God. It's powerful, it's awesome, and we are just glued at the hip the rest of the week. And so we get home, and he's like, Dallas, I'm all in. I'm never gonna miss a Wednesday ever again. Let's go. The next Wednesday comes. Hey, Pastor Dallas, um, I'm sick, so I'm not gonna be there. Okay, you get it? The next one, same thing. Pastor Dallas, um, I'm not feeling well. Um, uh, 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 uh. well okay, next one. And then finally, I just pick up the phone like, bro, where are you? And he begins to go through this whole story of, man, it was great and it was awesome. It felt real then. But, man, as soon as I got home, things just turned up. And I was in trouble at school. The cops took my cigarettes and my mom's mad at me. And, like, he starts going through this whole thing to the point where he says, man, I don't know if I can do this. It's just too much. And all that said is kind of a funny way to get to where we are today. Because I've seen this time and time again where you can have a god moment, and you can raise your hand, check the box, get saved. But man, the moment a trial, the moment a hard time comes, the moment a broken relationship happens, you wonder is God even there? and i love james because james is not afraid to approach the subject that's really in scripture from cover to cover and it's this idea of suffering. And that's not like a fun word to be like i'm just suffering for the lord. I mean it's not like a yay. But it is a reality. And what james wants to talk to us about today is in that reality of suffering and trial and tension, both economic, both political, how should the christian behave? The trials have an opportunity to do a few things, and I just want to give you four today with our time. But number one is this. They have an opportunity, one, to give you joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Man, we used to sing that song, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's right, that's good. 12 of y'all, okay. Um, it was great, though. That song as a kid is awesome. You're like, I got that joy, 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 because nothing's happened yet, you know? It's like. All is good. I'm just me and my Nintendo 64. Like, it's fine. But then you get older and you're like, I got the joy. Where'd it go? Never had it. Can't find it. And then we get into country music. You know, we're sad. But this is what James says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I love what James does because he doesn't even address the circumstance. which is something that I usually would probably do. Be like, okay, like, let's work on this, this. He says, "Hey, first we gotta fix your attitude. We gotta consider this one a joy. As you're walking through this one, change your attitude." Uh, and I read a study in 2016 uh, says that human conversation—excuse me, complaining—makes up 40% of human conversation. That's a lot. Um, I don't know what that number would be now, but I bet it's it's it, it's a lot. Okay. But James is saying, hey, Christian, in the middle of whatever it is, how you speak, your approach, your countenance, it matters. And here's why. It's your distinctive mark. Because everyone's going through trials, but some people leave better and some people leave worse. Some get bitter, some get hurt. Some leave stronger, some leave weak. And I love what Paul does in Philippians chapter two, because he's speaking to a church with kind of the same issue. He's speaking to a church under trial. And he says, hey guys, if we're gonna do this thing well, do all things without complaining or grumbling. And if you keep reading in that chapter, it says, so that your light may shine. That's that distinctive mark. That's that thing of, man, I'm in the same thing that they are, but they're not as defeated as I am. And that's the mark, that's that unanxious presence. That's that, man, I got the joy. The joy of the Lord's actually my strength, not just a good saying. Like, I believe this. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Like, that's real to me. And I can be going through pain and I can be going through trial, but at the same time, man, I know my God loves me and I know that he is for me. So here's just kind of one thought with this. My outlook determines my outcome. So in other words, how I see the thing will determine how I get into the thing will then determine the result of the thing. That was not a right, like a very good way to say that. But big idea is just this, man, how you walk into something, how you walk into trial will determine the result from that trial. Because James says, it's a test. Man, we all went through 2020. I saw one group who, man, they got better. They spent more time with their family. They grew up business Man they, man, they just, man, they thrived because they made the best of it. And then there was this other group who was like, everything's on fire. My life's falling apart. Like, they went through the same thing, but drastically different results. And what James is just saying is, hey, trials are going to happen. Su- suffering is going to happen, but your approach to it, man, that changes everything. That is our mark as a Christian, they have the potential, number one, to give you joy. Number two is this, trials can make you strong, verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith is producing, it's producing something, and it's this word, perseverance. As I was studying for this, I thought of Hebrews chapter 12, and no one models this better than Jesus. Jesus. It says, for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. And I was reading one commentary that said that the cross would have probably weighed anywhere from 160 to 165 pounds, which some of you are like yoked up and jacked. Um, For me, that'd be pretty heavy. And so you can do it for like a little while, but man, after a while, you are gonna wanna put that thing down. But here's the big idea. Holiness has weight to it. That's the most Pentecostal thing I've ever said. It's true though, holiness has a weight and that weight has the potential to produce this word. Everybody say credibility. In my opinion, and this isn't found in James, this is like second opinions chapter three kind of thing. I think what our nation and what we are missing most right now is credible Christians, A few years ago, um, I was very newly married, and me and a buddy were chopping it up about kind of like, what are you learning? Man, when are y'all ready to have kids? Are y'all going on vacation this year? Pretty just small talk. And one of my single friends kind of like slides his way in and begins to join the conversation. There's nothing wrong with that. But he starts to, um, I don't know how to say it without sounding really rude. He's a little unaware, and he starts to give his opinion or his advice on marriage. And he's currently single. You you ever had that? We are like, bro. And so he says, you know, when I'm married, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make no less than 200 grand. And we're going to have this size house on this size lot and these two dogs, Buster and Bo. And then we're going to have four kids and he knows all their names. And then, and he's talking to us on how we should be married. And we're kind of like rolling our eyes. We're going to like, okay, good. And then he just kind of goes on and he eventually says, you know, I had this thought the other day. What if marriage was designed to make you holy and not happy? And if you've ever read the book Sacred Marriage, you know that is not his line. That is from a book and it's on the cover of the book. And like, I was like, bro, like I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like one of those things like where someone says, in my quiet time, and they like quote like Pastor Randy or like somebody, I'm like, I was there with you. Like, like it's my thought. But there's something about credibility. Like, if I was your trainer, you'd be so confused. You know what I mean? Like, if I were to walk up and be like, hey, um, man, if you did 20, let's do 26 pushups a day, run four laps around just whatever you can find, um, eventually you'll be shredded. You'd be like, bro, look at you. I'd be like, yeah, what do you mean? You know, just just unaware. Um, But here's why that can be so kind of like ha-ha and like frustrating to us, because all the head knowledge may be there, but there is zero depth. And what happens is this creates a culture of, I don't wanna be married, I don't wanna go to the church, but I'm gonna be on Facebook critiquing both marriage and the church all at the same time. And it's created this melting pot for my opinion, but there's zero depth. I'm like, who, like, do y'all ever just wanna be like, who do you think you are? Like, what in the world? But man, we we need credibility. Everybody say credibility. So if I were to leave this place, say, consider it a joy, and I'm like, just streaking out this parking lot, stupid, like, you'd be so confused. And Jesus says it this way. If any of you would like, to follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Okay, I want to live a holy life. I want to avoid sin at all cost. Awesome. Deny yourself. Uh which one is? Follow me. That's just the everyday I'm going to church. I'm in a group. I'm doing my thing. But the pick up your cross. This one, for whatever reason, has always felt a bit optional. Because it's the weight of it. It's the, man, if I pick this thing up, I actually have to live it because it's obvious. And scripture talks about that there's a weight to his glory. And it's actually something that we're supposed to carry. And if I'm being honest, man, sometimes it's just easy to be like, oh, just drop it. But man, I want to just encourage us just with this one thought. And I think it's something that James would say, man, it can make you strong, but don't put your cross down. I was talking to a mentor that had been in ministry for 50 years. I said, man, how'd you do it? How how have you stayed in ministry for fifty years? And he kind of like smiled. He's like, Well, Dallas, um, if you start in ministry and you don't quit, eventually you'll be in ministry for fifty years. <laughs> and he said it like as a joke, and I was like, but a part of me was like, yeah, that's that's actually really good. Because I have friends who are like that wave that James talks about. Just like, man, I am in it. Man, I'm called to something else. Man, yeah, I'm called. But man, there was something about this man's life where at a young age, he picked it up and for 50 years, didn't sprint, didn't try to get to the finish line too fast, but just walked out, just walked it out. And this is really the, if there's a hard, this is the hard part of Christianity, the walking out, it's, it's, the doing, because here's the thing, and I grew up, I mean, I'm I'm a Holy Spirit, <clears throat> love it, but man, I have seen people have a Hyundai Shundai, flop, say things, have a moment with God, and leave that moment unchanged and no more holy, because they did not respond. I said, I'm going to have my moment, but I'm not going to pick it up. Could you imagine Exodus chapter 3, if there was the burning bush? But there was no response to the burning bush. What a weird story. Exodus 3, the bush was on fire. The end. You'd be like, why do we talk about Moses? It'd be weird. So, a moment with God is important, but man, the response to your moment with God is equally as important. Say amen. Number three trials can do this help you mature. Oh, that's a fun one. Help you mature. Verse 4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I heard an old preacher say this not everyone who grows old grows up. I was like, Man, that'll breach. It's good. But James talks about the testing of our faith. And the question that I have is what do tests do? It's pretty easy, they reveal. So think about high school, just think about school. If you did not pass enough of your test, you could not move to the next grade or the next level. So the testing of your faith is revealing something and it may be revealing that you're ready for the next level or it may be revealing that you're not ready for the next level. And I have friends that have had a powerful call of God on their life. And they have not left that moment where they were called. Because there's a testing that they're just unwilling to take the test. But there's a maturity that comes with, man, I'm not just willing to take the test. Lord, help me get through this. I want to pass the test. Man, I want to go from glory to glory. I don't want to shrink and shrink and shrink. Man, I want to get better. Just a thought. Maturity, love this thought. Um, ah. So after five years of being in ministry, I had kind of a reflective season. And some of it's funny. And one of the funny ones to me is there was a phrase that I always hated to hear. And it was always packaged very like spiritual too, to where I was like, there's nothing I can say. <laughs> but they'd come to me and say, you know, Pastor Dallas, I'm leaving the church because I'm not being fed. Blech. I And if you said that, I'm not, I, I, I can't name one person in the room who's ever said that to me. I'm, I'm not talking about you, all right? But I, hell, I do not like that phrase. And when I think about that, there's a part of me, and I don't know if you ever do this, where you're like, I mean, this is what I should have said. That, man, if I would have said that, <clears throat> and like you start having this play like in your head. Mine goes like this. Well, sir, you are a big baby and you need to grow up. Get your own fork and your own knife and your own chair and pull it up to the table and eat like a grown You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never said that. I'm just saying what goes through my head. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's still being transformed. But isn't that so true? Like that's something that my daughter says, like, feed me. But if she's saying that at like twenty-two, twenty-three, I'll be like, Girl, like get a job. <laughs> feed yourself. Why? Because that's maturity. And if she were to never grow past that point, that's actually my fault. Cause I did not help her mature. And I think sometimes just in church world, man, we can put it on Pastor Randy or put it on whoever's speaking to do all the feeding when really their job is to equip the saints for the work. But man, mature, man, that's where the work comes into play. And so I'm gonna go from speaking in all these metaphors about feeding babies into something very, very practical. Um, This is how we can mature in our faith. Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. And I would actually add this, study your Bible. So I have time where I read, and I'm not worried about context. I'm not worried. I'm just, I'm just reading. But then there's a place to study the word and say, what is this saying? Because I have friends and people in my life who are like, I'm just not gonna read it because it's too hard to understand. And my response is like, I don't always understand my wife. But that, but that doesn't mean that we stop talking. No, we get some help. We get some tools so I can better understand her. And so I'm like, get a commentary, get around someone who knows more than you, but there's something about the studying of the word and not just, oh, I memorized it. That's good, do that. But study it as well. Pray. You need a prayer life. And for me, this is maybe a type A thing. If I don't have a time and a place, I ain't praying. That's just being honest. My wife and I, if we don't have a time and a place for a date, we're gonna go, Let's rest tonight. I mean, like, every time. We need a time and a place, and so do you. Worship, you need a place to have private worship time. And it's never been easier. You just go on Spotify, blue worship. Just, just, and there's more to worship than that, but for time's sake, I'm not gonna go there. Um, and then lastly, gather. Get together, get together, get together, get together. Because most of the tests in my life have come from rubbing shoulders with people I don't like. It's real, right? If you want some patience, just get around some people. If you want to grow in how you speak, get around some people. Like, God will say, yes and amen. I will answer that one. You'll be like, well, where were the other? Pass this test. Man, there's man, There's something about just welcoming. Say, God, man I, man, I want to be a learner. I want to grow. Just like. Jesus, man, he grew in wisdom and in stature and a favor before both man and God. Man, I wanna be that too. I wanna be that too. Last one in keys you can go ahead and work its way up, her, her way up, excuse me. Um, this is what trials can do. Number four, they can lead you to wisdom. Wisdom, that, that's what we want. Verse five, if, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So this is what immaturity says during trials. Rapture, rescue me, get me out of here, Lord. And that's not even like a sinful thing to pray. But what wisdom and maturity says, and man, man, I have so many years left, and I hope that in 10 years, I can preach this better than now. So hear me though. But wisdom says this, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? And it takes a moment of kind of emotionally stepping one foot out of that trial, one foot out of that storm and just saying, God, I, I need a lesson learned here. And he will. So I, I wanna close with this thought. Um, it's, it's kind of a aside from the message. Um, but I've been really trying to practice something. And it's really what Paul said. Says, I pray that you'd all prophesy. And what prophecy is, it's a is it's a building up of the church. It's an encouragement. And I was praying this week for this moment, this time. And I said, Lord, what would you have me say? And I was pretty open to nothing and just being like, all right, we'll just we'll pray and be done. But Mark chapter four came to my mind right away. And I said this in first and Maybe it was for someone there, but hopefully it's for someone here too. Mark chapter four, Jesus is in a storm and he's asleep. And the disciples come and they're a little bit upset. And they say, Lord, what are you doing? And I love what he does. He he wakes up. And if you read it, he's almost like annoyed. (laughs) But he wakes up and he comes out and he just says this, peace. And the storm fades right away. So all that said, the person that came to my mind, I don't have a name, was someone who you haven't slept in a while, or you've just been restless for so long and you are just on fumes. And you're one of the disciples saying, where are you, Lord? Wake up, Lord. Come on, Lord. I'm tired, Lord. I haven't slept, Lord. And I just believe in moments like this, Jesus can come out of the boat, to wherever you are, and just say, peace. Peace over you, peace over your marriage, peace over your storm, peace over your pain, peace over your school, over your business, peace. And I don't know who this is for, but with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna ask you, if you're in that season, would you just open up your hands like you're gonna receive a gift? anything fancy to say here other than what Jesus said. Peace. In Jesus' name, we speak peace in this room. We ask you to flood this room. Your word says that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Father, we speak peace into this room. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, let it not make sense. I pray that you would surprise us with peace right now. Peace. In Jesus' name. Lord, for the person in the room who's just restless, I speak peace. For the person who hasn't slept, God, I pray for a great night's sleep starting tonight so that they can be refreshed to do what they're called to do. We speak peace. We receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we all stand to our feet? And then prayer teams, can you make your way to the front? that was a word for you, and I saw a lot of hands open, as prayer teams make their way up to the front, I want you to come up and be prayed for with somebody, just to affirm that, and just get prayed over. Um, There's something about pairing up, where you can try to fight this by yourself, and that's not always bad, but there's something about coming into agreement, and that's what these moments are for, man. We just speak peace, and I'm praying that tonight who Whoever that is, that you would get a great night's sleep tonight. And that may not sound spiritual, but come on, sleep is sleep is gold. <laughs> but let but let's pray one more time. Then after I pray, then I mean, y'all can make your way down to get prayed for, then you'll be officially dismissed. Father, we love you and God thank you. Man, I love being home. I'm at my home church. Thank you, Jesus for who you are. Thank you for the families represented in this room, God. Thank you for the ministry that's taking place here at the Crossing Church. Lord, we ask that you would come tenfold. God, that your presence would come tenfold. And God, we just speak peace in the room, peace in the storm, peace over the marriage, peace in the circumstance. Father, we thank you for a day of peace. And God, I pray that as families gather tomorrow to eat and do whatever they do, God, I just pray that there be peace in families, that there be restoration and mending in homes. And so, Father, we just speak that in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, as we go home today, God, I just ask that you would refresh us, that you would replenish us, that you would give us rest, and we receive that now in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody said amen. Hey, come on, can we give God praise for all he's done today? Awesome. Well, hey, it's been good being home and I love y'all. And um, I'll be seeing y'all here soon. But if you need prayer for anything under the sun, we have our faithful friends up here in the front and love y'all so, so much. And I'll be seeing y'all soon. Thanks, y'all.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at the Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.